0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning,
1: good morning. Happy Sunday,
0: everybody. Hallelujah. Welcome to Converse Church. We are so excited that you are here to worship with us. We came to worship the King. Anybody come to give God some glory today? In spite of everything that you've gone through, we're going to bless the Lord. firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, when everything around me shaken. I've never been more glad that I put It's not over It's not finished It's not over It's not finished Until you win until you It's not finished Until Somebody needs to say that. Until I've won, it's not finished. Somebody needs to lift that up. Until I've won, it's not finished. God, you say you say I just want to please you. I just want to do your smile. I just want to please you. I'll just want to do your. Love. The Lord says, if I can just get you to say, I just want to please you. I just want to do your. I give you my ambition. God, I give you my ambition. I give it, I give it, I give it, I give it my ambition. Okay. I give myself away, myself away, I give myself away. So you can you I give myself away. Oh the Holy Ghost is here. I give myself away. So you can't. Just go to that last part. My life is not safe. My life is not my own. To you I belong. belong. Just sing it to me. I give myself. I give myself to you. One more time. My life is not safe. My life is not my own. (laughs) To you. I give myself away oh Lord, I give myself away so can you me I give myself away that's what I give, I've got nothing else I give myself away so you can you
2: Thank you, Lord. Father, this morning we give ourselves away in surrender and submission to your will. All that we are, all that we have, all that we could ever hope to be or become, we lay at the altar this morning. We give ourselves completely, 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 completely to you. And lord we ask you to have your way in us that you might have your way through us that you might be glorified that you might be exalted that your name would receive all the glory and honor and praise that god we would decrease that you might increase in us several years ago i was watching a tyler perry interview And I forget the question that the the, the host of the show asked him, but his response to that question was simply this. He said, sometimes, sometimes the quickest way to victory is surrender. In God's economy, sometimes the quickest way to victory is our surrender. Genesis reminds us of the story of a man named Jacob who wrestled with God till the breaking of day. And may I submit to you that there are many of us in this room this morning who are a lot like Jacob, who are wrestling and contending with the will of God. And the scripture says, the angel of the Lord smote King James' word, struck Jacob in his hip. And the scripture says, in that moment, Jacob surrendered. And in Jacob's surrender, the scripture says, God no longer called him Jacob, a deceiver, a supplanter. But in that moment of submission and surrender to the will of God, God gave him a new name, Israel, a prince who has power with God and prevails. (laughs) May I submit to you that maybe the struggle is, God's just waiting for you to surrender And that it doesn't have to take, uh, here it is, a submission hold to get you to tap out. Don't wait for life and your circumstances to put you in a submission hold like Jacob before you tap out. Maybe this moment of worship is God's invitation for you to surrender. Surrender it all to him. So Father, we do that now. In this moment, every burden that we've carried, every worry, every concern, it's at your altar. Every instruction that we have wrestled with, God, in this moment, we choose to simply say, here am I, Lord, here am I, Lord. Send me, use me. My life is not my own. To you I belong. So I give myself completely and entirely to you and everyone said amen and amen do you receive that this morning converge church glory to god sometimes the quickest way to victory is our surrender kevin you got more for us do you give me give me champions give me champions yeah give me champions
0: How many know God is your champion? someone like me to carry your victory. affection could never earn. Give what we don't deserve. You choose the broken things and raise them Die! me how to receive it. So
3: on from that Mm, hallelujah thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for worshiping with us today amen 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 good morning good morning good morning I stole that from pastor Jesse but sometimes you need to say it more than once it is indeed a good morning And it is even better because you guys have chosen to spend a portion of your day with us. So thank you for joining us for Converge Live. Converge Nation, thank you guys for joining us via live stream today. And if this is your first time here in person, thank you as well. It is not lost on us that there are so many places you could be, there are so many things you could do, but you chose to spend a portion of your morning with us and we are grateful to celebrate your first time here with us, we ask that you would stop by the Welcome Center at the end of the service and connect with our pastors. They just want to be able to see your face, get your name, and then we have a gift for you. It's just a small token of our appreciation and our way of saying thank you so very much for choosing to spend your day with us. Amen? Amen. So, a lot is happening right here at Converge. The Lord is indeed moving. So much is happening, and we want you guys to be a part of that. So the way that you guys stay in the loop, the way that you stay connected is to connect with us on our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge, and you can find us on TikTok at Converge Church. Be sure to like, be sure to to share, be sure to take advantage of the content that we have available, but most importantly just connect with us so that you guys are aware of all that is happening, because we we don't want to just do this ourselves we want you to do it with us we want you to connect with us and go wherever the Lord is telling us to go and do whatever he is telling us to do amen amen, amen. so it's the month of October lots of things are happening the first thing is Converge students is back and if y'all aren't excited about it I am Our our students are getting great ministry. They are meeting on the second and fourth Sundays of each month, so they are meeting right now over in the rail. If you have a sixth to eighth grade middle school student or a ninth to twelfth grade high school student, please have them go over to the rail. Connect with our leadership team. There's lots of things happening over there. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fellowship. But most importantly, they are getting biblical instruction on how to navigate life in this day and age and how to walk out being a Christ follower. So send your students over there. We strongly encourage you to do that, amen. Take it away, Cass.
4: Hello, Uh, well before we get into work days, first I wanted to give a small, not shameless at all plug for our merch. As you may have noticed, the weather is changing. Maybe it's time for some new long sleeve Converge gear we have on sale out there at our merch table. We also have some hoodies and some sweatshirts. So if you have all your your cool t-shirts, great. If not, we have some of those too. But if it's time to get your fall attire, we have it over at the merch table. Um, We also have these booklets if you haven't uh, seen them. They're just short uh, reads. One is um, The Holy Spirit Today, getting you plugged in and a little uh, better understanding of the Holy Spirit. And then the worry-free finances i know currently in our season i'm going to be picking one of these up they are five dollars considering it's a worry-free finance topic if you um, don't have the five dollars or just don't want to um, invest that right now come see us anyway these are great quick reads um, great um, information to help you in whatever season you're at right now so anything else on that Alrighty, so work days. I don't know, for those of you who have been coming here a little bit, you may have seen our building getting a little bit prettier, a little bit cleaner, a little bit more organized every single Sunday. It's because on Saturday mornings we have teams meeting here um, either from an eight to 10 shift or 10 to noon or you can come the whole morning, but come join us. We have a great time, we're sprucing this place up, making it our home, taking great care of it. So these work days will continue um, through until our building dedication. So they'll go through October 22nd, So come join us Saturday mornings. Uh, We've got various different projects, from moving boxes out of storage to organizing closets. It's very rewarding. Um, This place has needed it, and we are so excited to, to kind of roll up our sleeves and make sure that we're taking care of our new home. So join us Saturdays. And then, as I mentioned, building dedication. This is our building. It is our church home, and we want to celebrate that. We have big, big, big plans. Um, the weekend of October 28th, 29th, 30th, you'll hear more about that. Again, make sure you're following us on social, make sure you're signed up for emails because we will have a weekend full of amazing events starting with a night of worship. Um, I, I will not drop any names because this morning Pastor Ray got us all a little excited about some of the talent that may or may not be lined up for that weekend. We will certainly let you know as soon as we get some of those secured, but the night of worship is going to be a phenomenal night of just bringing God into our presence and thanking Him for what He's done. And then we'll have some great fall festivities on Saturday, including those who have been around a while, our annual chili cook-off. Yes, that we have had to have a little break on for a while. When Brian and I first joined, one of the first events that had come was the chili cook-off back when it was called City Church. And I cannot tell you how much that just like strengthened bonds and the fun and just everything about it. We're like, okay, this place is special. Also, I'm bringing my chili, so be prepared. Whoever's, (laughs) I come to win, Um, but join us for that. We'll have all kinds of other activities. And then of course, um, some really great um, actual dedication ceremony on Sunday, church service. Um, again we'll get you all those details but just mark your whole weekend off for us so and then next we're going to bring up jesse pastor jesse to cover our blessed life segment this morning
1: good morning good morning good morning thank you so much for coming and being a part of our services today we want to give you an opportunity to continue in your worship as we bring our tithes and our offerings to the storehouse of God that God's house may have plenty and so we want to give you that opportunity in a couple of ways first of all if you need an envelope please raise your hand and the ushers will get you an envelope please listen to me please if you fill out an envelope fill it out so we can read it we would certainly appreciate that. Fill it out legibly, especially if you're communicating your email, if you're communicating your address. You know, we have a person that looks at that and sometimes it's in hieroglyphics, they think we read Egyptian. But so, we wanna encourage you sincerely to fill out your envelope so that we can read. There's one way you can give by filling out your envelope right now in person. Also, there are a couple other ways that you can give. You can give online by going to converge.com. We are converge.com. You can also give on your mobile device by texting 77977 77 converge Give with a dollar amount. You can give that way. You can also give with Zelle. You can also give with Cash App and some other ways as well. You can also mail. All right, so how many of you like giving? You know, the Bible teaches us that when we give, we're to give with the right attitude a right heart to give cheerfully and so i pray today and trust today as we obey god's word by bringing our tithes to the storehouse and having the right attitude when we give god loves cheerful givers and so we thank god for you today and we believe god that you're going to give your best let's pray father we thank you today in jesus name that you bless us as we give God our purpose our intent is to be obedient to your word and to bring our offerings our tithes to you God we give because we want to give we give God because we want to see your kingdom grow we want to see lives God the unsaved come to the church and to give their life to Christ and become Christians And so, God, we're given, God, to support the word of God, the kingdom of God, the plan of God this morning. Bless your people, God, in their work. Bless their hands, Almighty God, when they do what they do. Help us to know that every day that we walk and when we move, we get the opportunity to worship you, God, in our words, in our work, in our lives, in our play. And, God, you bless us with increase, and we thank you for that. And so today, we bring that increase, God, to the storehouse that your church might be blessed and that, God, we might receive and we might fulfill what you have planned for Converge Church. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? All right. Thank you so much.
2: Good morning, Converge Nation. Are you excited to be in the house this morning? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, the psalmist said, "'I was glad when they said unto me, "'Let us go into the house of the Lord.'" And here's the good news. According to the words in red, the words of Jesus, where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst of them. So we honor and acknowledge the presence of the Lord in this place this morning. Uh, he's here because you're here. Amen. You are a carrier of the presence of God, you're a carrier of the glory of God, and we're honored that you're here. For those who are not here in person this morning, our VFAM, our virtual family, those of you joining us uh, online, we like to say welcome to our Sunday morning worship experience right here at Converge Nation at 1611 Wilbeth Road, here it is is the new home of Converge Church. Listen to me, we're excited and we're going to take out some time. Listen, the psalmist said it this way, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto his name, O Most High. So October 28th through the 30th is time that we have intentionally dedicated to give thanks for this notable miracle that God has given us. And so, uh, uh, I'll take a cue from Cassie. I ain't gonna drop some, I ain't gonna drop any names. Uh, But we've been in negotiations with uh, several artists that we hope to have for our night of worship We're just fine-tuning some of those details as well as uh, on Sunday Uh, So we encourage you to make plans to attend Here's the second thing we'd like to say is that weekend on Saturday uh, We're going to have a family fun day and so it's going to be Something for the entire family Uh, One of the highlights in addition to all the inflatables and the games and stuff that we'll have for the kids Is listen man uh, Um I'm gonna be careful with my words because I don't wanna oversell and underdeliver, right? Y'all with me? But I'm telling you, man, our chili cook-off and our cupcake, see, somebody, that's the defending champion sounding off. Come on, somebody. She's defending her title. And, and listen to this, uh, we've been on hiatus. The last time I did this, uh, Kevin, was in 2019. And due, the, due to the pandemic, we, we haven't done one. But listen, man, it, it's gonna be incredible if you got some skills. Operative word, if, <laughs> let me encourage Yeah, yeah, thank you. Let me encourage you. Uh, if, if chili ain't your lane. It, can I tell the truth and shame the devil? I had a friend, let me tell you this story real quick before I get to the, had a friend, pastor friend. He was single. So every Sunday after church, somebody wanted to cook for you but there was this one lady in particular who every single Sunday would cook for my pastor friend the problem is Stephen she didn't know that cooking wasn't her (laughs) lady and the following Sunday she would run to the pastor and say oh pastor did you enjoy the casserole pastor was convicted (laughs) Because every single Sunday he was forced to lie. <laughs> but one day, God, come on y'all see how I put that T on it? God gave my friend wisdom. So guess what he did? Every time the lady would cook for him, he wouldn't eat it. Real talk, I'm, I hate to say this, he would throw it in the trash. <laughs> But then God gave him wisdom one day and he named the trash can the spot. So every Sunday when he showed up and the lady said, did you enjoy the casserole I made you? Said, oh sister, it hit the spot. Come on somebody, don't put me in an awkward position. Because I may have to say to you, your chili hit the spot. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. On October 29th. If cupcakes ain't your lane, don't do cupcakes. In fact, is Leia our reigning champion? Malaxa. Before that. Okay. She's participating? <laughs> she is fierce, man. Uh, and back when she won, she was, what, only 14, 13. She was 12 when she won the Cupcake War. Skills. We've got Kimberly Gambala. We've got a whole lineup. So listen, if, if, if that's your lane, if that's your area, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got exciting prizes. I don't want to say what the prize is. But in addition to bragging rights and your own custom Converge Church Apron, We got some other stuff we got planned for that as well. So make plans to attend. And then Sunday morning for our live worship experience. We're gonna dive into the word and uh, we trust that God will minister to you as you do. If you're a first time guest with us, uh, again, we'd like to say welcome to Converge Church. We're honored that you are here. Let's pray. Father, we love you, we honor you, and we thank you for your precious holy word. We approach your word now with reverence and tremendous humility. Lord, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Illuminate ah, the dark places, the uncertain places, the places where we need your clarity and your counsel. We yield completely and implicitly now to the Holy Spirit who is the teacher. So Lord, I ask you to take these lips of clay, anoint them that I may speak as an oracle of God. Touch the hearts of your people. That we might be doers of your word, not hearers only. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen Amen and amen. This is week four of our current sermon series that we're calling Planted. Planted, we're walking through scripture and we're discovering these biblical keys uh, that will lead us to a fruitful life. The premise of the series is simple. Uh, But it is still profound. We believe that over the next several weeks, God wants us to move from potential to productivity. I'll say that again. From potential to productivity. Potential speaks to what is possible. Productivity speaks to what is actual. It's one thing for somebody to say, hey, man, you got tremendous potential. At some point in your life and at some point in my life, we ought to actualize that potential and bring it to fruition. And that's what this sermon series is about. God is inviting us into a life of productivity, not just potential. Now, I've said this before, but it bears repeating. We've defined potential as what is possible. When someone says, man, you have tremendous potential, she has tremendous potential, he has tremendous potential, what they're actually speaking to is what is possible. But there's something that trumps potential in our lives, and that is our patterns. Because our patterns speak to what is predictable. Somebody can have tremendous potential what is possible, but their patterns which are predictable can be the seed of self-sabotage. It is the extremely gifted athlete who has no discipline, who makes bad choices on and off the field, and even though he has Hall of Fame potential, Kevin, he will never realize that potential because of his patterns. When people come into my office for, for premarital counseling, and they start talking about all their their future spouse's potential, I begin to ask them questions about the patterns they have observed. Because no matter how much potential you have, it is possible that the wrong patterns will sabotage whatever potential you have. And may I add again and reiterate that patterns are predictable. You can look at somebody's life, And examine their patterns. And you don't have to be a prophet to to know that this person will not actualize or fulfill their God given potential because of their patterns. Are y'all with me? So, if we're gonna move from what is possible to what is actual, in the middle, at some point, you and I have to confront our patterns. And the way we confront our patterns is we confront our patterns with the truth of God's Word. Not our opinions, not our assumptions, not our preferences, but the truth of God's Word. Because ultimately, it is the truth of God's Word that sets us free from the things that bind us, from the things that restrict us, from the things that hold us back. And, like we said last week, our traditions... Mark chapter 13, Jesus said this to the Pharisees. He says, because of your traditions, because you set in your ways. Come on, somebody. Some of us live by that that old hymn, I shall not be moved. (laughs) You won't budge. And the scripture says, because of your unwillingness to change, because of your unwillingness to embrace truth, you make the Word of God of no effect in your life. It has zero effect on your life. You can hear somebody preach day in and day out, but the fact that you are unwilling to change your traditions, your patterns, your way of doing things, it makes the Word of God of no effect, zero effect in your life. We don't want to live there. So say this with me, understand the plan, follow the pattern, Receive the promise. We see that throughout the canon of Scripture. We have to understand that God has a plan. Uh, in this series, we said that God's plan, according to Psalm 1, which is our anchor text, God's plan for your life and my life is that we are blessed. The scripture says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He, he begins by, by, he opens up this master set list, like I said. David being a worshiper, a worship leader, a psalmist, a songwriter. In this book of 150 songs, David probably takes credit, or he is uh, 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 the majority of those songs are attributed to him, but Moses is a psalm writer, Asaph, and there are a few others who wrote these worship songs. In this first worship song, the opening song in the worship set, David uh, says that uh, he gives us this picture of God's desire for our lives and it is for us to be blessed. That word in the Hebrew, translated blessed, means happy, fortunate, Successful, prosperous, and here it is, to be envied. That people will examine your life and will envy your life. Not in a negative sense, but there will be something so exemplary about your life that they will desire what you have. That's what Jesus meant in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10 when he said, Let your light so shine before men that they will glorify God, that they will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The blessed life is not intended to be self-serving. Are y'all with me? When we are blessed, and it's not just limited to material or or financial increase, it is a lot. In fact, let me just say this. The word prosper in scripture means, y'all ready for this? Success on your journey. That's what God wants for us. When the scripture says you're blessed and you're prosperous, it simply means that God will grant you success on your journey. And that's what what, what God wants for each of us. And so we've been walking through verse by verse Psalm 1, which is our anchor text. So the first thing we discover is that God's desire is that we live a blessed life. Jesus said it in John chapter 10 and verse 10, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The the Amplified says that you might have life to the full until it overflows. That's God's desire for our lives. And if I say to myself today, man, I'm not there yet, guess what? It's an opportunity for us to level up because there is more beyond what you're experiencing now. So the desire of our hearts is to be, I want to experience everything God has for me. It's not just limited to material and financial, which if that happens, I embrace it. But God wants you to prosper in your marriage. He wants you to prosper in your relationships. He wants you to prosper in every area of your life. He wants you to have success on your journey. So he establishes the standard and says this is what is possible, a blessed life that everyone who observes your life begins to envy and desire because they see the light of God in you and through you, and God gets the glory for it, because now your life points people to him. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, Somebody said it this way. uh, uh, Say, brother, your life speaks so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. And that's the problem with most of us. We think we can preach people into conversion when sometimes what they need is just our life. The, the consistency of our lives, the consistency of our character. Are y'all with that? what I'm saying? That's where God wants us to live. And so he says there's a process to get there. He says they you're going to experience this life that God has promised, number one, if you're going to live in this life of blessing, he said, evaluate your circle. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So number one, evaluate your circle, assess your circle. Number two, second principle for a fruitful life is examine your heart. That speaks of introspection. It speaks of looking inward not talking about everybody else and their stuff, no, dealing with me, myself, and I. Because the scripture says in Proverbs 4 and 23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of the heart flow all the issues of life. It doesn't go from out in, it goes from in out. So examine your heart. Can I, can I, can I just take, can I just pump the brakes there for a second real quick? about this, this open heart surgery. In fact, a whole bunch of people have been texting me and calling me, and, say, and, and the way they describe what God is doing in their lives through this series is, Pastor Ray, I'm, ha- I'm doing some open heart surgery. Or oh, they'll say, God is doing some open heart surgery. I had a friend uh, several years ago in Tennessee who had, had to have quadruple, listen to me, quadruple bypass surgery. Heart surgery, meaning four arteries that were supposed to be pumping blood in and out of his heart were clogged. I wonder how many of us live in that place spiritually though. Where our hearts are clogged. May I submit to you four four things that clog the artery of our hearts, that require open heart surgery, and that require us to look inward. Let me tell you the first thing. Y'all ready for this, y'all ready for this? You know you need open heart surgery When you're wrestling with anger. Because anger is an issue of the heart. Now, let me qualify qualify what I mean by anger. Anger is a God-given emotion that notifies you that something you care about or someone you love is being mistreated, including yourself. I'll say that again, just in case you missed it. Anger when it's healthy, not toxic, is a God-given emotion that notifies and alerts you that something or someone you care about is being mistreated, including yourself. That's why Jesus went in the temple and turned it upside down. Because they had made something he cared about, the house of God, a den of robbers. He was filled with righteous indignation. That is when anger is healthy. But Paul writes in Ephesians chapter four, Notice what he says. He says, "Be angry. Be angry. If what you are experiencing is and alerts you that listen, this ain't right. This ain't fair. Be angry." But he continues and says, "But sin not." Y'all, listen to what I'm saying. It is possible to be angry because someone you care about or something you care about is being mistreated. And it is possible that in your anger and your displeasure with what you're experiencing that you sin not. The problem is in our anger, we sin. And that's the kind of anger I'm talking about that clogs this artery of our heart. And let me tell you what anger always says. Anger says, you owe me. And if we're not careful, we will allow the cholesterol of anger to clog our hearts. Y'all ready for the next one? Let me get the next one. Talk about cholesterol. And I know something about cholesterol. Because y'all know I'm originally from Liberia. And a lot of our food is high in saturated fat. We eat palm oil with just about everything. It's in my blood. Every year I go to the doctor. They're like, dude, can you breathe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, normal cholesterol counts are supposed to be like 200 or less. Last time I went, over 300. I think it was like 340. Well, actually two times, the last two times I went. The first time I said, Man, listen, i got to put you on medication now. I said, no, doc, I'll exercise and... For those of us who say, when you know better, you do better, not true. (laughs) There are a whole lot of us that know better about what we should and shouldn't eat. There are most of us in this room that know better about diet and exercise. But just because you know better doesn't mean you do better. So here I am. The doctor said, man, listen, (laughs) you need... Either get on this medication. And finally, I did. Let me tell you what motivated me to get on the medication and eat better. It's moments like this morning when I wanted to put on this jacket <laughs> that I hadn't put on in a couple years, y'all. And when I put it on, I realized that the Lord had answered his promise. That he would give me overflow, <laughs> abundance, increase. All of this right here is my increase. Come on, somebody. What was I talking about? Oh, examine your heart. <laughs> Cholesterol. Cholesterol. Oh, here's the second one. Second one. Second artery that gets clogged. It's not just anger, but let me tell you the second emotion that alerts me that I need to examine my heart if I'm if I'm angered, angered or angry in a toxic way. Second second one is. Y'all ready for this? Guilt. You know what guilt says? Guilt says, I owe you. Anger says, you owe me. You never should have done that. You never should have said that. Guilt says, oof, I owe you. And there are people who go through life carrying tremendous shame and guilt for what they did, and that too clogs the heart. And Jesus said you can't really live a fruitful life if you're burdened with the weight of anger or guilt. Uh, and let me give you a third one, y'all ready for the third one? Y'all ready for this one? Uh, uh. Uh, the third one really is greed, and greed always says I owe myself. It's those of us who struggle with and entitlement syndrome and mentality. Oh, I deserve this. Oh, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to secure the bag. And we do everything we can, including manipulating and hurting people because we say to ourselves, I deserve this. And there are many people in life who are motivated by greed because they're thinking revolves around that singular idea, I owe myself. Let me give you the last one that'll help you know if you need open heart surgery and examine your heart. Uh, 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 This is by no means, this list is by no means exhaustive, but in my 20 plus years as a full-time minister, I've discovered that when people, when I talk to people, these are the things that hinder what God wants to do. It's a matter of the heart and they have clogged arteries. Here's the fourth one, jealousy. Jealousy always says, y'all ready for this? God, you owe me. You didn't make me 6'5". You didn't make me the smartest person in my family. You gave that to my brother. You gave that to my brother. That you gave them. Why did you deal me this horrible hand? And most of what we project on others that comes out as jealousy and envy is indirectly a person saying, God, I know your word says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but I wish I had their life. So when you made me, you gave me the short end of the stick. At the root of all jealousy, it is a dissatisfaction of what God made. And that is a heart issue that requires examination. Now imagine this. If you got this heart that's clogged, there's no room for Jesus. Mm, Let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Y'all remember that old song from the 80s, the rock song? You take another little piece of my heart now, baby. Mm, That's what we do. When I allow offenses, And my anger to consume my heart, I've taken a piece of my heart that should be real estate for God, and I've given it to somebody. And we allow somebody to occupy that part of your heart where Jesus should abide. And when you don't deal with your guilt, you take another piece of your heart that should belong to Jesus and give it away to your guilt and your shame over your past and your past decisions and Jesus is trying to make his home. But we've got nothing in our hearts left for him to abide. And you and I cannot experience a fruitful life if our hearts are overtaken and consumed by toxic emotions. First principle, evaluate your circle. Second principle, examine your heart. Last week we said, and this is where I'm gonna land today. Everything I just said, y'all, that was my introduction. I, I see all the first-time guests looking at me as like, uh, no, he's for real. No, but this is where we're going to land. <clears throat> we're going to continue where we left off because last week we said the third principle, if you're going to move from potential to product productivity, according to Psalm 1, and I believe this is verse 3, is you got to eat to live. eat, eat to live, eat to live. And what we said last week, and again, this is from Psalm one verse two, or maybe verse three, verse two. It says that when this man has evaluated his circle, the next thing happens. It says his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it he meditates day and night. It goes on to say this man or this woman, as a result and a consequence of their decision to meditate in the law of the Lord, this man, this woman will be like a tree planted. Somebody say planted. Planted by, here it is, rivers, rivers, multiple streams, rivers of living water, whose leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he or she does, it shall prosper. We're gonna land on verse two, or we're gonna continue in verse two, and we're gonna talk about what it looks like to eat to live. Last week we said if we're going to eat to live, we have to have a balanced diet. Anybody remember the two things we said we got to have if we're going to have a balanced spiritual diet? Come on, class. Y'all don't leave me hanging. Grace and truth. John chapter 1 said Jesus came full of grace and truth, and it was the hallmark of his ministry. And we said the reason grace and truth matter is simply because... um, uh, Truth without grace is mean, and grace without truth is meaningless. You've got to have both. Are you all with me? And so we're going to examine what it looks like to have a balanced diet. Now, why is this significant? Why does this matter? This quote is often attributed to George Orwell. Uh, And again, I don't know if it's accurate, because sometimes, man, I wonder. I was like, man, you see some of these picture quotes? And it's like, man, I didn't know. Morgan Freeman said all of that. It's like, wow, brilliant. You can't believe everything you read on the internet. Let me put it that way. This quote is often attributed to George Orwell and it simply says, in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. (laughs) Let me say that again. In a time of universal deceit, when you don't know who to trust, when you don't know who to believe. Telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Because when everybody's lying, the person who chooses truth is odd man out. The man who chooses truth becomes unpopular. The man who chooses truth is ostracized when everybody lying about something. And it may not be an outright lie, But it could be the deception of our filters. Because ain't nothing on Instagram real anymore. Every picture we post has a filter. And so, what we show people is the part of our lives that we think they will like. We show them the part of our lives that we think will make us acceptable. And may I suggest, uh, suggest and submit to you, when you live your life that way, the people that will at- be attracted to you are people who love you because of what they don't know about you. Y'all didn't hear me talking, Kevin. The people who you attract will be people who will love you, celebrate you, and embrace you because of what they don't know. Because all they do know is the watered-down, filtered, edited version of you. And what God is calling us to as a church, and what God is calling believers to, is to choose to be revolutionary by embracing the truth. Are you all with me? It's a revolutionary act. It will confront everything about your life. And it will expose things about your life. So here it is, y'all ready for this? (laughs) Truth is an acquired taste. You know why? Truth is an acquired taste because truth is something that we grow to appreciate. Foods with an acquired taste are not things you like right away. You taste it the first time and you might spit it out. And you might say, oh, you know what, I'm gonna try that again. And over time, Truth becomes something you appreciate. Let me tell you why. Why truth is an acquired taste. Let me tell you why we don't embrace the truth the first time. You know why? Because the truth hurts. The truth hurts. But like I said last week, and in fact, I wore my T-shirt today, and I wore my jacket. Let me just say this. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, Uh-uh. I'm rocking my Converge merch, and guess where? It's off the special menu, the secret menu. Come on, somebody. So when you go to guest services, you got to say, can I order off the secret menu? You ain't going to see it out there. It's like going to In-N-Out Burger and say, I want this burger. What'd it say? What's the animal? Animal style, yeah. For those of you from California, I don't know what you all like about In-N-Out Burger. Come on, Whataburger. (laughs) <laughs> I, see some, I see some California natives are like, mm-mm It's an acquired taste Let me tell you why In fact, you see, I got my t-shirt on This is off the special menu It says the truth may hurt But it will never harm Ultimately, the truth heals I told you the story about my chiropractor How I went to him for nine months Every time I went to him those adjustments hurt. But even though they hurt, Kevin, never harmed me. Over time, those adjustments that hurt became the source of my healing. And most people never get to healing because they're pain averse. They hate the pain of truth. And instead of hearing the truth, they avoid it. Let me tell you the problem. Let me tell you the problem with the truth. Most of us don't want advice, we want agreement. We look for people to agree with us, and we surround ourselves with people who agree with us. And just because there are people who agree with us, it doesn't make it true. We don't want counsel. What we want is co-signer. And Jesus says, you can't get to a fruitful life if you can't handle the truth. So here it is. It's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. I'm going to go fast and furious. I'm going to go fast and furious. Um, uh, Let me read this story to you. John chapter 8, familiar story from the text. It's a beautiful picture of how Jesus moved on earth. And if we're going to be Christ followers, we ought to take our cues from Jesus, not celebrity pastors with skinny jeans and Jordans. I have on skinny jeans and Jordans today. But I do want y'all to listen to what I'm saying though because it is the truth. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Familiar story, familiar story that shows us this tension or this balance between when you eat a balanced diet, what it looks like. Y'all ready for this? So here it is, here it is. Uh, Jesus having his early morning Bible study in John chapter eight. And it says, and, and, uh, 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 but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives and now early in the morning, He came again into the temple and all the people came to him. So there was a crowd and he sat down and he taught them. So Jesus is having early morning Bible study. And there's a crowd of people there. Verse 3 says, Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst. So Jesus is teaching the Bible study. And here comes this commotion. The Pharisees. Here they come pushing this woman in, pushing her in, pushing her in. And in the middle of the Bible study, they don't wait to get his attention. They just walk in and disrupt this Bible study and everybody's there watching. Her crime, the accusation levied against her, is this woman, Rabbi, was caught in Adultery, verse 4, in the very act, hands in the cookie jar, caught on tape, hard copy, TMZ. The glaring omission in the narrative is that they bring the woman caught in the act, but how many of you realize it takes two to tangle? It speaks. Listen, I wish I had time to unpack that. Because Jesus sits in our pain. He sits in the pain of, of religious fervor and fanaticism. While these Pharisees are serving God, they're steady mistreating women. Women have no say. A woman's testimony in a court of law means nothing. Men can dismiss women, throw them away, mistreat them. And verse 4 is a glaring example of the hypocrisy of religious people. That they bring this woman to shame her publicly. And the man that she was caught in the act with is protected. And with this glaring omission, these people who claim to be, listen to me, who claim to be righteous are going to throw the law at Jesus and say, this is what it says, it says, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what you gotta say about this, Jesus, because this woman was caught in the act and her sentence should be death. Verse six says this, they said, testing him that he might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. One of the great lessons I've learned in life is which voices to listen to and which voices to ignore. Not every voice that screams for your attention, no matter how loud, deserves it. Take a page out of the playbook of Jesus. And I'm saying this to those of us in the audience who are people pleasers and approval addicts. Not every word people say to you requires a response. Jesus just got down and started writing while they were throwing their tantrum. He refused to dignify their hypocrisy with a response. And part of the problem with some of us, we don't get to the fruitful life because we, 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 we're so fixated on what the crowd is saying about us and saying to us. Listen. Listen. Uh, At 50 years old, 50. Uh, What you think about me is none of my business. That's your business. You got to get to the point where that matters. As long as I'm walking uprightly, your criticism of me, your critique of me, doesn't matter. That's you and your problem, not mine. Jesus got down and started writing in the middle of it, and let me get to the end of the story. So when they continued asking him, so they were persistent, he raised himself up and he said to them, here it is, he who is is without sin, let him throw the first stone. And he just stood there and waited. And part of the problem, part of the problem with humanity, is we judge others by their actions and we justify ourselves by our intentions. All right. that's good. Help somebody. That's good. You're not listening to what I'm saying. We judge people by their actions. This woman's caught in adultery. And we try to justify ourselves by our intentions. Well, the most Moses' law says uh, this woman should be stoned. Okay, that's fine. But let's use the same standard you're using on her. On you. And if you can pass your standard, go ahead. Have at it. Pick up as many pumpkins and start stoning her right now. For those of you who are quick to criticize others, and you use a double standard, you judge them by their actions, but that's not what I meant. You, ju- you just justify yourself by your intention. Well, I said it, but that's not what I meant. No, you meant it. Now you just wish you hadn't said it, but you meant every word that came out your mouth. Jesus said, let him who is without sin throw the first stone. You know what Jesus was saying? The only person in this crowd here that has the right to stone her is me because I'm the only one in this crowd without sin. No, Jesus was, was throwing this question out to them and saying, okay, if Moses said her, the only person who has the authority to do it is me. So get to stepping. And the scripture said, one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, they all began to walk away. Listen, I'm old enough now that I've learned to let God fight my battles. Oh, I don't even care. I don't even care what they say, how they say it, if it's a lie. I let God defend me. Because the truth is, you're throwing stones and you wouldn't even pass your own standard of judgment. So so here's the part I wanted to get to and I'm going to let y'all go home. Notice what Jesus said in verse 10. It says, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman. I love that. When he got up the second time, he saw no one but the woman. For the longest time, I thought the crowd had all dissipated, not just the Pharisees. You go down to the end of the lesson, it says he turned again to the crowd and began to teach again. But but what I'm saying is, in this moment, the crowd was still there, but he saw no one but the woman. Do you realize that Jesus sees you in your pain? He sees no one but you in the midst of your pain and your shame. You know something about Jesus? The world might call you by your shame, but Jesus will call you by your name. Yes, sir. Amen. He saw no one but the woman. At some point, if you're going to live a fruitful life, you listen to me. If you're going to live a fruitful life, you have to allow God to deliver you from the opinions of men because they ain't got a heaven or hell to send you to. And you cannot please people and God simultaneously. So Jesus gets up and this is what he says to her. Uh, And I'm about to close. Did I say that already? Come on, somebody. When Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Uh, listen to me. You got to get to the place where Jesus fights your Battles. And in the narrative, the woman says nothing until Jesus asks her this question. And so she responds to Jesus Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11 says, She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Here's the tension between truth and grace. Neither do I condemn you. Somebody say grace. Grace. But go and sin no more. Somebody say truth. Most of us just want, I don't condemn you. What we don't want is the truth. Go and sin no more. The mercy and the forgiveness of God is not an excuse to continue. In sin. That's why Paul said, uh, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. In our lives, there ought to be balance, a balanced diet of grace and truth that says, I don't condemn you. But hold up now. Hold up. Listen now. Go and sin no more. Are you all with me? Yeah. For those of us who say, well, just forgive. And in your relationship, somebody say, listen now, this is a pain point in my life. I showed you mercy. Now I see this pattern where you keep doing the same thing now. There's a problem with that. Let's address that because grace does not continue that sin may abound. We ought to have grace and truth. So here it is. Uh, I'm going to let y'all go. Grace is an acquired taste. What does that mean? I have to make a decision. I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to have truth tellers in my life. I need to have truth tellers in my life. I need to have truth tellers in my life. And okay, so here it is. I'm going to call an audible. Can I call an audible? Come on, somebody. I'm going to call a... Yeah, I'm, I got I to do this. I got to do this. Yeah? Thank you, Holy Ghost. This is where I'm going to end the message. I'm going to go off script. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time, pastor. This is where I'm going... Oh, man. I'm calling an audible, and I can't even find the text. All right. I think it's here somewhere. I'm going to help somebody this morning. Um... Man. I'll find it. Promise. Promise. I know it's I want to say it's chapter seven. Is it chapter seven? Or maybe I should just tell the story. Listen, those of y'all who got your phone, just look for, just search Herodias. So Herod with I A S on it. Let me let me set up the story because I want to read it from the text. And this is where we're going to close. So the scripture says that Herod's, yeah, Herod's brother died. So after Herod's brother died, Herod said, I'm going to marry his wife. John the Baptist was one of the preachers who had a relationship with Herod. And John the Baptist said, You can't marry that woman. That's your brother's wife. Now notice what the scripture says. The scripture says from that day forward, Herodias plotted to kill John the Baptist. Did y'all find it yet? Mark 6. There it is. I was in Mark 7. Mark chapter 6. If we can put that on the screen, I know I'm calling an audible here. But God wants us to embrace not just grace, but also truth. So here it is, Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 14. It says, Now King Herod heard of him, for his name had become well known. Speaking of John the Baptist. Now he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at the work of... Uh, are, verse 15. Others said, It's Elijah talking about Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Let me go down to verse... What verse is what? Okay. Verse 19. Let's go up to 17. Oh, verse 16. But when Herod heard, he said this... Th- no, I'm sorry. Verse 17. Verse uh, <laughs> 17. Hold up. Ah, verse 18. It says, because John had said to Herod, it is unlawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore, Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. So notice, see her response to truth? He says, what you're wanting to do, even though you have the power and authority to do it, it's unlawful. And guess what a response was to truth. I'm going to kill him. There are many of us like that in our response to truth. When we hear the truth, we respond with anger and retribution. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. But it says, but Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just and a holy man. Meaning, here's two people about to get married. One hears the truth and she wants to kill him. The guy she's about to get married to said, hold up now, I ain't gonna touch that guy because he's a just and holy man. So maybe there's something to what he's saying. Listen to me, listen to me, they're about to get married and they have two very different responses to truth. One hears the truth and wants to kill the person that's telling her the truth and the other one's like, hold up now, this man is holy and just. And notice what the scripture says, and he protected him. Y'all see what happened in the scripture? So the woman he's about to marry, trying to kill the person, but the person that he's about to, that her husband to be, is protecting the person she's trying to kill. I'm talking about two responses to truth. So notice what the text says next. And it says, uh, Then an opportune time came when Herod on his birthday gave a feast for his nobles, the high officers and the chief men of Galilee. And when Herodias' Herodias' daughter herself uh, came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you want and I'm going to give it to you. And he also swore to her and says, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom. So she went out and said to her mother, who hated John, what shall I ask? And she said, ask for the head of John the Baptist. And immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter." And the king was exceedingly sorry. Yes, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. So immediately the king sent, sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And, went, and he went and beheaded him in prison. Brought his, plait, his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. He said, Pastor, why are you saying all of this? There are people in this room who will hear the same truth and have two very different responses. There are some people in this room who will reject truth tellers. And there are some people who will embrace truth tellers. Because the truth may hurt to hear. Herodias, you can't marry Herod. That's your brother. That's your your husband's brother. That's your dead husband's brother. Oh, that's what you're going to tell me? I can't have what I want. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you up. And I don't care how long it takes, there's going to be an opportunity where I will make you pay for telling me the truth that's going to help me. And then there are going to be people who hear the truth. And it's a hard truth to hear, but they recognize the source of the truth. This is a just and holy man, and they will protect the truth because they know that the truth may hurt, but it will never harm. Ultimately, the truth heals. There are people in this room right now, the tension in your relationships is because one person embraces truth-tellers and the other person doesn't. And God wants you to have a balanced diet because it can't be all grace. Because grace without truth is meaningless. So maybe this morning, God wants us to get back to the truth. Even when it's hard, because the truth has the power to change us from the inside out. The scripture says, this man delights in the law of the Lord. And in it, he meditates day and night. And this man, this woman, will be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water. What does that mean? It starts with a decision. God, I'm going to embrace the truth of your word. When I say that truth is an acquired taste, it's not easy on your heart. It's not easy on the palate of your heart. It takes time, man. You grow to appreciate truth, especially hard truth. But it starts with a decision. And after you make the decision, you've got to have the discipline to follow through. And then it becomes a delight. So when the scripture says this man delights in God's word, it's first because he made a decision. I'm going to embrace truth. And then the discipline is when it's hard, I'm going to embrace it. And then it becomes a delight. It's a lot like people who work out. One day somebody says, I'm going to start working out. And then they have the discipline. When I don't feel like it, I'm gonna go. When I feel like it, I'm gonna go. When I don't feel like it, and it becomes a daily discipline. And before long, it becomes a delight where you say, man, if I don't work out today, I'm gonna feel horrible. But where did it start? It started with a decision that became a discipline that became a delight. And we have to cultivate that in our lives where we become people who embrace the truth. Why? This is where I close. Jesus used the truth as a weapon against the lies of the enemy. When temptation came, Jesus said, a man shall not, well, he said, it is written. We, in order to live fruitful lives, we've got to have God's word because it's going to be our weapon against the lies and the deception of the enemy. We have to have an it is written in our heart for everything the enemy throws at us. That's why I need it because I need to have an it is written in order to live a fruitful life. Number two, Romans 12, I need to renew my mind. I need to change my way of thinking because my life will always move in the direction of my most dominant thought. My, life will beco- my thought life will become the lid on my life. And if I don't renew my mind to the word of God, I won't get to the fruitful parts of my life that God has promised for me because you and I cannot live or lead beyond what we've been exposed to. The word of God will expose you to what is possible. But if we never read the word of God, We won't get to the promises of God. Third thing, the word of God will do, and this is why it's absolutely necessary for a fruitful life. Third thing, you will experience the wisdom of God. Everything God gives us, he gives us in seed form. But if you've ever tried, listen to me, if somebody needs to hear, if you've ever tried, and I have tried, to assemble something that came from Ikea, Chuck, I don't know about you, but I get impatient. And I said, there's four pieces here. There's, okay, I got this. And sometimes I start with the instructions. And I'm like, oh, I got it from here. And I get to the end of it. And I've got a crooked bookshelf (laughs) with four extra screws. You know why? I missed a step. And I wonder how many of us have crooked places in our lives and we got extra screws in our lives because we missed a step when we ignored God's word. Father, help us today to embrace your truth. Even when it's hard. Even when it's hard. Because your word says, if we hear your word and continue in them, then we will know the truth. Here it is. And the truth will set us free. It's not mystical. It's not magical. It's God's process that as we yield to and embrace the truth, even when it hurts, that ultimately it's the thing that sets us free. Father, I pray that we would have a Herod response to truth, not a Herodias response. That God, we would not turn on the very people who are trying to help us, but that we would lean in to the hard sayings, knowing that even though that thing is hard to hear, It's coming from people who love us deeply and genuinely. Father, make us a church where we embrace the truth and we surround ourselves with truth-tellers who will speak the truth in love and point us back to you. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise for it. In the strong name of Jesus and everyone said... Amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? Amen, amen. Listen, Pastor Wendy and I are gonna be at the Welcome Center. We'd love to connect with you. Maybe you're a first-time guest with us this morning. Or maybe you just need prayer. Maybe something we said this morning resonated with you. Or maybe you have questions about what it means to become a devoted Christ follower. We wanna connect with you, wanna shake your hand, we wanna hug your neck. We wanna pray with you and we wanna pray for you. And we wanna celebrate all that God is doing in your life. When you came in, and I don't know why I'm getting a tug on my heart for this, I'm about to dismiss you, but about two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago during our seven day fast, I just felt prompted of the Lord to invite those who had prayer requests to submit their prayer requests, and that's what this cross is. Those cross, those uh, uh, envelopes on the cross, represent the prayers and the aspirations of God's people. And we believe that as God answers those prayers, we're going to take each one down, each prayer that's answered. And the person whose prayer was answered will have an opportunity to share what God did. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. I think I'm supposed to do this. Patrick, why don't you come? Uh, Patrick is one of my sons in the faith. I claim him as my own.
5: Oh, Jesus. I met Patrick about 11 years ago. And when I met Patrick, Patrick was a single dad. Four beautiful children. (laughs) Incredible father. Incredible father. (laughs) And I saw his kids grow up in our church. And sometimes, listen. Thank you.
2: As parents we do the best we can.
5: And it's not always our fault. Sometimes the decisions and the choices our children make can be heartbreaking. But Patrick continues to show up every Sunday. And he still continues to show up every Sunday. Come stand with me, Patrick.
2: I know that uh, Patrick and Tunisia had this prayer lifted up to God and it was, they needed a notable miracle and I still remember the day we
5: asked you to put these prayer requests on this cross I shared the story of how the saints were praying for Peter and Peter was in prison and while they were still praying, Peter came and knocked on the door. Because God had answered their prayer. And this and Patrick were at a conference. We, 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 we sent 12 of our leaders to a conference in Tulsa. And while they were at the conference, crying out to God for their children. One of them called, and God had answered the prayer. But even now, even now, no matter what we do for our kids, sometimes they just don't get it, man. But Patrick, God wants you to know, man, it's not your fault, man. Because if that were the case, then God would be the worst parent ever. (laughs) Because God did everything he knew to do, and out came Adam and Eve. And sometimes you you can't give your kids all you you have, but they're going to make their choices. So right now, Father, we pray for Patrick. We pray for his family. We pray for his children. We commit them to you. Just as you said in your word that we would be saved and our household. Father, we ask you to do it. We ask you to do it, Father. And Father, we pray that for every family in this room that may have children that are struggling. God help us. We call them home. We call them home. Back to your will. Every prodigal son, every prodigal daughter, we call them home now. In Jesus' name. Ah. Uh. Patrick, come here, buddy.
2: boys were here. Father, we ask you for restoration now restoration and, and healing and reconciliation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, for healing, for restoring. Thank you, Father, that Patrick is loved He's accepted. Oh. Father, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. But beyond the words, and even when we're at a loss for words, God, Jesus, Jesus. minister in those deep places and heal. In Jesus' name. dismiss you. I'm probably going to stay here for a little bit with the family, but the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you. And this week, in every area of your life, give you peace. In your heart, in your family, in your pursuits, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. God bless you. We'll see you.
4: If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at eChurch at If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.WeAreConverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send "converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano, and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.